just because I was all offseason going, you're not going to be able to compete with any of the top eight. And then last week I go, from what I've seen, I don't know. They actually look pretty good. And then you fumble the ball away. You you loser. Um, you can't even win out and get a seed, you bums. So, yeah. The official podcast of FCS Fan Station with your hosts Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Jamie Williams. FCS Fans Nation. They say horns down, down go the bison. But this week, let's add on a few more teams. Down goes William and Mary, Holy Cross, North Dakota University, New Hampshire, Villanova, Eastern Washington, Youngstown State, and the entire basically top 25 of the FCS burns this week, gentlemen. Chaos has arrived to the FCS, and you've arrived to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. The OG crew, no amazing fans on us with tonight, but we have Jamie Williams, Kyler Neal, Matt Frazee. Uh, we are going to try to make sense of what was one of the most chaotic FCS weekends I've ever witnessed. Every time you refresh Twitter, every time you saw the FCS Fans Nation on Facebook, it looked like there was a new post about somebody going down. Holy moly. Uh, gentlemen, what on earth did we experience and jamie uh it looks like you are collared up this evening it looks like you are, are are ready to go to talk about this chaos yeah yeah i've decided to lean into uh one of the better conferences you know this uh performing much better than the caa the uh, uac and i got my courtesy of the rev my sfa hat courtesy of mr will siller siler my uca cats uh <laughs> shirt um you know, I was, you know, so feeling a little down. You know, have you ever, Matt, have you ever just felt like a vapid wet noodle when you just are just down and you just, you know, everything going against you, you know? But then Josh Allen played great today. JMU won yesterday. You know, things looked up, a lot of chaos in the, in the FCS. And, you know, and I just feel like instead of just a wet noodle, felt like you got sauce with some meatball and mm. some, you know, some good marinara sauce. You turn it into a nice pot, of, nice plate of spaghetti. Nice plate of spaghetti, Jamie. That was a it, right there. It was getting a little bumpy, but you had a soft landing. It was real soft. Right. You, you did a good job there. Yeah, you got, this, you got to stay stay for the full hook. Oh, for sure, Mister Neil. You guys are trash. You we, guys are trash. <laughs> nice hat. Oh. Thanks, buddy. It looks good, doesn't it? I love this JMU one. JMU. We've got U, U, UCA. We got everything under the sun right now, and uh, the sun has maybe set on some teams, but has definitely risen for some others. And we are about to break down one of the best weeks of FCS football. But before we do, we want to give a quick shout out and promo to our sponsors. The FCS Fans Nation podcast is brought to you by Walk On Apparel. Walk On Apparel specializes in FCS and mid-major clothing and believes that every fan base should have quality options to rep the schools they love. Along with you receiving a great product, 10% of the profit from every sale is donated directly to that school's athletic fund. Visit walkon-apparel.com and use promo code FCSFANSNATION to get 15% off of your purchase. Limited schools currently available with new releases monthly. Walk on apparel. Up the fans. 
up the culture. The FCS Fans Nation podcast is also sponsored by the ultimate analytical prediction football experience. Introducing the Versus Sports Simulator, your secret weapon for predicting FCS, mid-major, and all other football games. Get ahead of the game and take your sports betting and knowledge to the next level with a site and app that's built to ignore bias and just give you the facts. If you subscribe today and use promo code FCSFANSNATION, you'll save 20% on your subscription. You can download the Versus app on the App Store and Google Play by searching Versus Sports Simulator or going to VersusSportsSimulator.com. With Versus, it's not a prediction. It's science. The top seven FCS topics of the week. This is the Big Seven. Gentlemen, there might not be a team we need to start with more because we had questions flowing in about number two in the nation, North Dakota State, going down, my beloved Bison. But I'm unbiased and I'm here for you folks this evening. Uh, first things first, Eric Clerkey, uh, lots of fun having you on the fan cast last week. Eric said, as a fun one, can we get Wild E. Coyote as part of the thumbnail for South Dakota's win in Fargo? Uh, check on YouTube, Eric. It may not be Wild E. Coyote specifically, but I'm definitely going the Coyote route. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube to these videos. Appreciate you with that question. But let's get to the first question of the Big Seven, gentlemen. It comes from Peter Haugen and Lee Tornborg here, kind of a combination Top three, more like top two, says Peter. What teams the rest of the year have a real shot of putting the Bison on upset alert? How many losses would it take to push the Bison out of a seed? And Lee adds in there, what looks to be NDSU's weakness minus penalties? Dang, okay. The Bison going down hard to USD. What is your initial reaction when you saw that, Jamie Williams? What's your gut tell you about those North Dakota State Bison and those USD Coyotes? Yeah, when I was like kind of looking around, watching scores, watching games, you know, I was in Harrisonburg, so I was kind of watching a few games on my phone during commercial breaks, half times. But then you look up and and it's twenty-one to three, I think, at one point coming up on the half. And I thought it was first a reprint, a misprint, and then I was like, well, North Dakota State will come back from that, and they definitely made a little run at it, but uh, came up a little short. Uh, I think USD still hasn't lost to an FCS team yet this year. Uh, this validates them a little bit. Uh, probably going to put them in a lot of people's top 25, maybe even mine. Uh, you know, they had beaten Lamar and, and uh, somebody else that wasn't quite as as good, and then they lost St. their FBS game. St. Thomas, yeah. Oh, wait, St. Thomas is great. Just ask the people. But, I mean, to do that in a shutout, I mean, that's pretty impressive. They beat Lamar only allowing six. So that's a solid, solid defense. Uh, and they showed that against North Dakota State. And what it showed, too, is that North Dakota State, if you get them far enough behind you and make them have to only throw and not really balance their offense, and it's going to be hard for them to come back. So, you know, you look at, obviously, South Dakota State, I think we all expect will come in there and win the marker. Uh, I still think North Dakota can give them a game, though I would easily take NDSU there. Uh, what happens with UNI, they, you know, they'll towards the end of the season – uh, Southern Illinois, I, I think that's a real uh, other – that's my other opportunity really where I think NDSU might have a real challenge. Uh, not saying somebody else might challenge them, but that's that's really where I, I see it. So I still only see two, maybe three losses from them. So, you know, they're not, they're not done. They just had a really bad day yesterday. And uh, I know we've said – or people will say, oh, well, they just played so bad. Well, let's give South Dakota some credit. 
I mean, look how their defense has played. Make sure we're crediting that Coyotes rather than just saying, oh, the Bison just blew it. They just sucked yesterday. There's a reason they sucked. It was a team on the other side of the field, and yesterday they were better than NDSU. They 100% were. It's interesting that you say 21 to 7 because you're doing some math there. That's an 18 point lead there, JD Williams. And uh, here you go. How to beat NDSU the last half decade or so. Saved in my phone notes. Here you go. JMU 2016. Up on the Bison, 17 nothing with six minutes left in the second quarter. SDSU 2017 went up 17 7 on them. Southern Illinois went up 17 nothing. SDSU in the spring went up 17 10. Sam Houston went up 17 2 in the spring. Uh, Arizona up 17 14 at halftime. Go down the line. Get up on NDSU by 17 points, and you might have some magic for that upset. Uh, Kyler, what's your takeaway, man? The Bison, what are you feeling about this team right now? Do they still have a shot at a seed? Are they out of this seeding thing with probably an inevitable loss to South Dakota State? You know, who else puts them on upset alert? What do you feel about the herd now after three initial good weeks? NDSU, um, they've looked good up until this game. And even here, you know, there was there are some aspects of this game, especially in the second half, where they started looking like the NDSU of maybe the last three weeks. Um, I, I don't think they're out of a seed conversation yet. There's, there's even a chance, you know, I wouldn't bet on this, but it's NDSU. They can run the table. I get get South Dakota State is the number one favorite. That is an intense rivalry game. You know, we've seen NDSU even in their runs lose to a team where they should have beat 99 out of 100 times, and then they go on and win the whole damn thing and don't really struggle after it. So maybe this is the kick in the dick that they needed to really, you know, clean up some things and uh, really maybe try and change th- some things up because – they were pretty sloppy in the first half. There was quite a bit of penalties, but we also spoke about this last week with the fan pods, right? All the other guys coming in and kind of talking about, well, it, does it make you nervous when their number one running back is the backup quarterback? And what we saw against South Dakota was they didn't really have a good running option. Um, they're missing that Hunter Lubke. They're missing, you know, that powerful back who can just take over a game. And what, what I said last week was if it, doesn't you know if it stops working then that's when you'll change it and it's been working ever since this week um but they were really missing that that running game especially with you know south dakota's front seven they, they really took advantage of north dakota state they looked really good that defense does look fantastic but maybe that's where ndsu is going to have some issues um without having that feature back that we're so used to having from north dakota state maybe that's where they're going to get an issue if they play north dakota who can pass pretty well, who can throw the ball down the field. And if they get a little bit behind, I don't know. It, maybe it is still just a little bit of a different North Dakota State than we're typically used to seeing. But, again, it's one game after a bye week. South Dakota got a lot of prep. Um, North Dakota State got a lot of prep. I don't know. I, I don't take too much off of this, and this isn't going to change my opinion on is North Dakota still going to be probably one of the favorites to go to the semifinals. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against North Dakota State on that one. So, yeah, I don't know. It is um, interesting because they are who we thought they were, maybe a little bit on both sides of the aisle. We were messaging about this a little bit. First, before I get into that, Nick Kubitz was a senior linebacker for NDSU sitting right in the middle. He was finally, after probably, you know, after two seasons here, the 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 guy in the center that could just headhunt and go tackle, right? First two games, he was exactly that, just that middle linebacker headhunter, that Grant Olson style. Um, that Jackson Hankey style sitting in the middle of the field and he went out and now he's wearing a boot on the sideline 
And it's not NDSU of old. The depth just isn't there for somebody to just jump up and take that spot and they just keep running and rolling. And that totally switched them from, whoa, it seems like the run defense is totally fixed to a little bit more vulnerable. I hate to say one player makes that big of a difference, but on this Bison roster with the portal losses and other issues, yeah, it actually does make that impact. That's you know, exactly the point I was going to make, Matt. So, you know, mm-hmm. NDSU has always been known for next man up, and next man up could start most every other place. Well, now, with like you said, with the portal and with the graduations of the last couple of years, that next man up is that guy. So now your next man behind that isn't quite at that level. They're still good FCS players. NDSU's not going away. If, if they had to, you know, play four more backups, sure, you might lose an extra game, but you're not going to be in as much trouble as a lot of other teams would. But you're kind of seeing that depth erosion uh, that that unfortunately uh, impacted the Bison through the, the portal over the last year or two. Yeah, it absolutely has. And NDSU is what everybody thought in the preseason right now, both ways. They were just like, okay, is the if the defense isn't very good and they don't have a good passing game and they don't have a stud running back, I don't really know. This team could be a two-loss team, a three-loss team, a four-loss team. It could be a one-loss team if all those things are working. <clears throat> well, the first three games, those things were all working. And myself and everybody else said, whoa, okay, NDSU actually is back. I don't know if they'll beat South Dakota State. I personally don't think they will. Uh, but they still are back to being a top-tier team. Well, this weekend showed all the problems of what could have been the concerns. So what are we going to get over the next two or three weeks? We might have to be a little patient with it. Um, I am I'm definitely more weary of them running the Valley table, but this also could have just been the worst bison game we've seen this season uh for the rest of the way out maybe this is a little bit of a wake-up call and we'll have to see and we've got a lot more questions on the bison guys to include into the quick hits but let's go into the rest of the fcs as well with mr lee tornborg saying with all these high-ranked teams losing or in close games who's the biggest winners and losers this week for standings a great question lee and uh let's just kick this here guys the ranked fcs teams that lost this weekend North Dakota State, number five, William & Mary, Holy Cross, UND, New Hampshire, Villanova, Eastern Washington, and number 23, Youngstown State. So lots of teams dropping out. Jamie, you are stats top 25 voter extraordinaire. Who's the winners? Who's the losers this week? Well, honestly, I feel like the winners are the teams that didn't play. You're looking at Furman, Incarnate Word, and Delaware. <laughs> Like none of those teams played and they're all going to probably, you know, feel a lot better going at exiting this week than they did before because they're going to be in a lot better shape. As far as somebody who played, it's Idaho. Another quality win for, for the Vandals. That's a solid number three team right now. They've kind of locked themselves into that. And we're going to be looking at a potential. I mean, obviously anything can happen. They might go, you know, crap the bed here in the next week or two, but I believe is at the end of October, Idaho host Montana State. Huge game. Huge, huge game. Not only the big sky, but the FCS at, at large because it impacts everybody. Because that's going to impact who's the two seed, three seed, five seed, eight seed. Because if those two teams are running the table up to that, that's a that's monstrous. So Idaho big win this week. Uh They've picked up a couple of big ranked wins in a row. They've been challenged, and they've stepped up to every challenge. The offense just keeps humming for, for that team with Giovanni McCoy. The run game for Idaho, which a lot of people kind of questioned 
to me has looked really good. And I know, you know, Kyler will tell you flat, flat out Eastern's run defense isn't that good. And it's just not, but you still have to do it. And Idaho did it. You know, they got the kick at the end of the game against Sac State, who didn't look as good. Uh, so Idaho, as far as a team that played, as far as a team that that played and as a as a loser, gosh, the CAA. We can talk about them later, but the CAA. Uh, I know there's a question coming up. I'll I'll expand then, but yeah, I know you're just itching right now. You're just like, yeah, uh, I want to talk yeah, about I'm, it. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I I gotta give. Um, I, we're gonna talk about them a little bit later too, so I'll make it short and sweet. I think the Grizz. You know, this is like when some celebrity does something really stupid, and they're all over entertainment tonight and everything else. And then not two days later, some other celebrity does something way crazy. And it's almost like whatever that craziness disappeared in terms of being in the spotlight, Montana, you almost forgot that. Oh yeah. There's still that top 25 team that probably shouldn't be ranked because so many other teams just blew it. So they're probably feeling, okay, well, see, we're not the only ones who lose crappy games and do stupid things. So I think Montana, I'm not saying they should get a bump in terms of their talent, just in terms of their reputation and rapport, probably feels a little better this week watching so many teams like NDSU and others drop. Well, Kyler? they should too because of the teams that they played close looked a little bit better than you thought they really were. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. All right, a, a small compliment from Jamie towards those Grizz fans. Show them a little love there, Grizz Nation. Kyler loves the Grizz Nation more than anybody. He's uh, put that on his skin. So, Mr. Neal, who's the losers? Who's the winners? What do you got, buddy? Um, the winners are every single team that was not in the top 25 or at the bottom of it because you might be saved because there are so many different losses. Uh, the winner is actually Eastern Washington. I don't know if we're dropping out of top 25, baby, um, just because everyone else lost. I just want to talk about two of the losers. Uh, number one, Kennesaw State. What a freaking bunch of losers, right? <laughs> uh, they're transitioning. They don't have the facilities. They don't have the fan base. They're transitioning to the FBS and to the worst conference known to man. And then they just keep getting bounced by bad FCS teams. They just lost to Charleston Southern. Uh, who did they lose to last week? It was another bum team. So Tennessee sorry, Kennesaw Tech, State, Ten Tennessee Tech, not even state. So um, sorry, Kennesaw State. I do like some of your fans. You guys are awesome, and I will miss you guys. I like the Owls. But what a bunch of losers right now. And then the other one, Holy Cross, freaking loser. Um, I, right when I finally start propping you up after I was so negative about you. Right when you do season, it, Kyler, right, right when, when you I go. prop you up. Right when you do it. Freaking loser, you piece of shit loser. Just because I was all off season going, you're not going to be able to compete with any of the top eight. And then last week I go, from what I've seen, I don't know. They actually look pretty good. And then you fumble the ball away. You, you loser. Um, you can't even win out and get a seed, you bums. So yeah, uh, your strength of schedule is going to suck here on out. Uh, Fordham, what they just lost to Georgetown too. So you're not even going to have an opportunity to play a potentially another ranked team. So yeah, you're, a, you're losers. Uh, that's all I got. That was, that was I really beautiful. wish you'd tell us how you really felt. Sometimes, yeah, how Tyler. do you feel? Tell me that? how you feel, you losers. Uh, lots of winners, lots of losers. We mostly focused on the losers there, which is okay because the next couple of questions coming up kind of focus on the winners. Um, and we start here. Uh, Mr. Wade Berger has a great question for us. And Chris Hammond kind of jumped in on this one as well. 
He says, is Delaware the CAA front runner after a perfectly timed bye week? And is the CAA any more than a two-bid league? Chris Hammond, V's up, also wants to know about the <clears throat> CAA. And Jamie, you've been itching for this one, man. So tell us what you think. Are the Blue Hens at the top? What's up with the CAA? Uh, this week, it looks like they might be. I mean, they played some good ball. They come off a big win. And then, you know, bye week, uh, basically everybody else that was ranked lost. New Hampshire lost in overtime to Towson. Come on. William and Mary, their offensive inefficiency finally caught up with them without Bronson Yoder, but they lost to Elon again. So, you know, that's they've done that last year. They did this year. I don't see them bouncing back as well from it like they did last year. I mean, they they just don't have the offensive firepower. Uh, let's see. Who else? Villanova lost to Albany and not even in a close game. They lost about 21. Uh, let's see. Rhode Island, you know, they won, but they were they were struggling with Bryant there for a half. Now, you know, can Albany, we even, say Albany is undefeated versus the FCS? Uh, yes, they are. So, they but, played Marshall in Hawaii, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and so, they were close with Marshall. And yeah. Hawaii, they hung in for a while. So Albany's another team that that's kind of head in the right direction this year. But from a ranking standpoint, for me, I'm taking the whole thing. And I mean, I've had teams that you know in the top ten, top fifteen, taking the whole thing. You're shifting everybody back. Get them as as a whole of a conference because usually when the CA teams are doing this, it's because they're, they're good teams beating up on each other, kind of like you see, like you would see with. South Dakota beating NDSU and Idaho beating Eastern and Eastern beating UC Davis. But none of these teams give me any confidence Loser. that they're going to beat anybody in the playoffs. I, I was talking about they seem like quarterfinals are better teams. Now let's see them get out. Let's see somebody get out of the second round because I don't, they're definitely not getting a seed. I don't see, uh, except for Delaware has a shot, but everybody else is not playing well enough and, and just the CAA. I mean, the Southern Conference has better teams. They're probably more on par with the UAC right now this year. And that's okay. I mean, they tried to replace one big dog team with a bunch of little dogs. And, you know, one of the newer teams, Hampton, got to give a shout out to Hampton, smoked Richmond. Got that one right. Mm-hmm. You, you got to give – you got to – so what I just think is – and I kind of thought this once Jamie was leaving. I think I even put it on a post. Delaware is always now going to be the team to beat in the CA. They have the resources. They have the money. They got the fan base. They got the history. Yep. They're a blue blood. When you're looking at all these teams left on in the CA, Delaware for the next 15 years, even if they're not number one in the conference, they're still going to be the team to beat. That's just how I feel about the CA right now. But I don't. I mean, I don't watch CA games because they're on flow. I don't even know who's good. All I'll say is, I've been texting Jamie Williams every single week saying Bill and Mary suck. Um, I think. Uh, I think Montana State really showed how to win the blueprint. They're not that talented on their offensive front, and they have not been playing well compared to what they were last year. They're not scoring. Their defense is still solid, but if you have a solid defense too, it looks like you're at least going to uh, be able to go toe-to-toe, and whoever maybe gets the ball at the end and can kick a field is probably going to win. I will I will still say I don't think this CAA is maybe as bad as I even just troll on because I just like to troll a few CAA fans. I still think they're one of the top three conferences overall. I mean, when you're looking at maybe that top half, there's still some of those teams that are going to be able to go win other conferences elsewhere. I really do believe that. Yeah. So I just um, think the SoCon's better than it this year. I don't. 
You have the bottom five SOCONs. They have one division, one win. That is not scholarships outside of their own conference. SOCON is not good. Sorry, Kevin Marshall. You're lying. Um, when you actually look at it, over 55% of your conference has one scholarship D1 win out of your own SOCON. So, no, that's not good. I think the CA is going to definitely have more than two bids. So, uh, still, it's looking like three because when the, when this conference is that large, there's going to be so many unbalanced schedules and people are going to get their wins. I don't care if the CA is down. You're still going to give an eight-win team probably a bid. And there's going to be multiple eight-win teams still in the CA. I mean, we just spoke about it. Albany, their two losses don't count. They're 3-0. and yep. You look at Delaware, they're 3-0, and right? And they their schedule is soft. You look at William and Mary, Bill and Mary, cool. They're still 4-1. and one. It looks yeah, like they're going to still soft. at least be able to get to potentially eight wins. We're almost halfway through the season. You're looking at this. Yeah, CA is probably still... They're not a Missouri Valley. I don't see a contender out of here. They're not the big sky in terms of depth from first to eight, but there's still more than two playoff teams from what I'm seeing in just a pure number standpoint. You're going to probably have three, four, five teams that are going to end with seven plus wins, and that is going to push you in the playoffs. And as a CAA, as a name, that still is going to matter. So I don't disagree with you there. I just don't think the teams are playing that well in – they keep beating each other up. You've got a couple that have soft schedules like Delaware and William and Mary that will just kind of be able to back in. But if, if Delaware continues to win with good margins, then they could sneak into a C, but that would be the only way the CAA could sneak into one. Oh, going to be interesting. Already talking about seeding here in uh, October 1st when this podcast is being filmed and recorded on youtube make sure you hit subscribe uh in terms of weakness and strength of conferences here comes mr seth meyer seth missed you on the fan cast i know you had a comment about that we will catch you on the next one man so be on the lookout there lee tornberg also lee you asked a lot of questions like i always say if you ask a lot of questions and they're all really good i'm gonna say them and they are on kind of the same trajectory here guys and kyler seth says with nau losing narrowly at sac state was the Grizz loss at the Lumberjacks not as bad as we originally thought? Combined with Lee's question here, which you can expand on into, is the Big Sky stronger than people thought right now? Um, he, he may have just answered it all with visual cues on YouTube, but Kyler, have your audio moment here, man. Um, No, NAU still stinks. I'm sorry. You lost by 14 to NAU. Sure, they played Sac State close. It was a very good game. Um, and then you switch their quarterback play and they are being a little bit more efficient, but also Sac state lost people from last year. They didn't have their best running back. Um, last year they played some close games as well. I mean, the last few years when they were winning the big sky, they were still playing some close games. I just think this is the type of season we're going to see from Sac state where they're going to be in battles. They're probably still going to get a lot of wins out of it, but they're probably not going to be able to dominate teams. Their defense isn't very good. So when you're looking at that, no, there's nothing that NAU has proven to me that doesn't say they're one and four. They got blown out by a bad Utah Tech. So, no, it's still bad. Um, the big sky, I thought, I said it a lot in the preseason, they're going to regress this year. I think that's what's regressed. I think it's happening. You have Idaho and Montana State that look like they're improved. Everyone else from the, the typical players outside of Eastern who does look improved kind of looks about the same or a little bit regressed. Now, it's still a very deep conference in terms that you're probably going to have still seven ranked teams, even though I don't think one of them should be. Um, UC Davis is still tough. Sac State is tough. Weber State is going to be weird up and down. If you can control their offense, they are not going to be able to do much. Um, Eastern is going to be competitive and tough, but 
They're not some elite team. So like last year where their big sky probably had four, three actual true contenders. There's probably still two with Idaho and Montana state. But then after that, I do think it's a big drop off. I get Idaho has been in two close battles with Sac state and Eastern Washington, where a few other different plays and maybe something could have swung the other way. But at the end of the day, I still think there's a big talent gap in terms of Idaho, Montana state, and what the rest of the big sky has. I, I just do. Portland State looks like they're maybe improved a little bit, but maybe improved from Portland State doesn't mean they're world beaters. No, they're probably a 35-ish ranked team. There's just not a lot of true contenders in the big sky. I think most teams did regress a little bit, um, but it's still a overall really good conference. It's just taken a step back from last year. But it's the number two conference hands down, right? Yeah. Like, there's I think, no way yeah, the CA and there the is a big gap from two to three. I, yeah, I, I think gap. there's a big gap from two to three. Because yep. when you talk about title contenders, having two, you're like, all right, I believe Idaho and Montana State are there. So you got the Missouri Valley in that category, and we just discounted the CAA outside of like maybe the possibility of a Delaware. And that doesn't really exist anywhere else unless I'm missing something. So um, I have high hopes on Furman, but I'm not going to put another SoCon team up there as possibly like making a run to a natty title. So... I, the big sky still should get its props for being a top two, but maybe it's not as strong as these close matchups are showing. Jamie, no, Idaho State's not good. Northern Arizona's not good. Cal no. Poly's not good. Northern Colorado is not good. But how different is that from other conferences, though? Too there's a besides the Missouri Valley, which seems to just kind of be eating itself with, with it's a few the bottom same blowers. as all the other conferences where some bad team is going to play a good team close because they know each other. They get up for those games. It doesn't mean they're good. Uh, that's fair. Central Arkansas blew out Idaho State, right? Utah Tech blew out Northern Arizona. Northern Colorado has, they just suck. Cal Poly sucks. They're only playing good against non scholarship teams. Montana looks horrible too because they're competitive with all the bad teams. If anything, I think what it shows you is yeah, the big sky's probably a step down from what it was last year. And that's kind of what I was envisioning. Now, go for it, Jamie. I didn't mean to, you know, jump all over your thunder. Well, that's all good. I, I agree with what we said. I mean, the close game between NAU and Sac State would make Montana look that lost for Montana look a little bit better. Except Montana just went and had to beat Idaho State in the fourth quarter. They beat them by eight. And what did Kyler just say? Idaho State sucks. Northern Colorado played a great game with Weber. Pick six because guess what? At the end of the day, they suck. So what you're seeing is a big, big, big gap between the good teams in the big sky and the bad teams in the big sky. So it's kind of like it's kind of like what the SOCON's always been. We had a couple of good teams and then everybody else is bad, a couple in the middle. The big sky has more good teams, but they also have some real trash. And Montana's kind of floating in the middle right now where they're kind of inching closer to the trash. But there's enough talent on that defense to where they could be in run some games and, and beat some teams and, and show up, you know, down the road. But right now, no, that I don't think that NAU game makes them look any better because they didn't go beat Idaho state by 20. If they had done that, I might've thought about ranking. them. still not ranking them. Yeah. You, the, the showing was really, really, really poor. I, I just couldn't believe it when I kept refreshing that score. I'm just like, okay, Montana's going to pull away here, right? Like slow start. And then all the way to 28-20, like, good job on the W, but... Their offense is so bad. Jeepers. Let me ask you a question. It's not on the Big 7, but it's on the Big Kyler. Uh, <laughs> four 
or less teams from the Big Sky make the playoffs? What's your thought? Oh, um, can't answer that one. Oh, is no, that host, a taco bet? Oh, it's just got to cancel it. Well, maybe you never know. Shit. I, don't, we'll to, I don't pay attention to what you sent me. This My is bad. uh, we'll have to let the fans just uh, you know, <laughs> hang around in this podcast a little longer Oops. to see Oopsie, what's gonna happen. Oh, shoot. Hey, I, I just wasn't reading the script before the show. Oh, so. brother. Uh, but let's just quickly switch the topic, but we will get back to what you asked, Kyler. Mr. Eddie Poot has a question for us, and Jamie, another opportunity to talk about the team you promoted, you talked up, you've cared about more than anybody else the last few years. Take a bow, my man. How high should Western Carolina be ranked? Eddie Poot wants to know. I'm going to pull them up here on the screen on YouTube. And this has to have been a good week for them with all the chaos, correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't even like, yeah, I said look out for Western Carolina. They should they might make a run of the playoffs. Gosh, they're making a run at the SOCON. And how where should they be ranked? Um, I'm gonna say right now six. I think I'm gonna go six. Whoa, you're gonna aren't they they're 15 in the stats right now? Yeah, uh, but I had them 11 last week. Okay. So they just keep doing what they need to do. Another Yes, that was the Citadel, but they beat about 35. What are you supposed to do with a team like that? You're supposed to beat about 35. You're supposed to beat Charleston Southern by, by 58. Hey, Charleston Southern is a team that just beat Kennesaw they, State, the FBS that's right. powerhouse. That's right. I mean, they you know they get past Eastern Kentucky. That's supposed to be a close game. They win that. They smoke Samford. We're not sure what Samford is. I think they've definitely taken a step back. But right now, not many teams have – played as well and as consistent as Western Carolina. So they've earned every bit of that number six ranking that I'm about to give them. Uh, I borderline top five. And, and um, I think it's, yeah, you've got it up there. October 21st circle it because that's your SoCon championship game right there. And it's in color. And so, so Jamie, are you going to, I saw on the stats poll, 55 votes went to Chattanooga. So they were right on the cusp. Do you think, first off, quick question, do you think Chattanooga enters the top 25 this week? Do you think they get in there? I think they do. I had them ranked 24 last week. Okay. So, so they're, you know, pick it they up might eight. replace a Youngstown on the back end or something like that. Yeah, if they I wish they don't, they're close. Yeah, I wish they'd had a little bit better uh, result against Wofford. They beat them by 10, uh, did their job. Uh Definitely going to, obviously, you know, with how everything else went, I think they deserve to move up a, a, a slot or two. We'll see how that shakes out when I really look at everybody and uh, teams from behind that that might deserve a little bit more. But I think Chattanooga has a really good shot to uh, join the top 25 this week uh, from a stats standpoint. That will be a fun game. We'll dissect it a little bit later, but uh, they should definitely not be looking past it with Furman coming up. These next two weeks for Western Carolina, they give you pause, Kyler, with the Chattanooga on the road and then hosting Furman, or are you ready to jump up as high as Jamie's willing to promote these guys? I'm not willing to jump up at that high, but I do think Jamie's not wrong, and it's probably deserving to be that high. I mean, you look at what they've done so far. They haven't been in very many competitive games. Um, you know, the three-point win over Eastern Kentucky, that was at least a playoff team last year. Um, and then they've just blown out everyone else. Now I get they're playing not great teams. Everyone was high on Sanford. Doesn't look like Sanford's very good. Um, the next three weeks are really the only tough three weeks on their whole schedule outside of the Arkansas game, but no one really expected much from that. So you just kind of use that as a wash. The next three weeks are going to be the biggest question marks on WCU. Can, can they prove that they do belong 
as a seed and in top six. Yeah, if you get through these three weeks, absolutely. Um, but I don't know. I, I as high as you want them, I'll probably put them around twelve to thirteen. Um, and it's just because I don't think they've played many teams yet, and I don't really have a good gauge. I don't think Eastern Kentucky is this powerhouse top twenty-five caliber program. Um, I don't have Chattanooga in my top twenty-five because there's still that looming feeling of they got blown out by a bad North Alabama team. I don't think that proves that they're top 25. They just really haven't played anyone since. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's one of those things. I want to see how they look the next two weeks before I put them in my top 10. But if anyone puts them in their top 10, it's a hundred percent justified and I can easily make an argument for it. And that's all I look for when people are doing their polls. Can I make an argument for it? Yeah. If I can, even if I don't agree exactly. with it, then I'm not going to harass anyone for it. Um, again, I can make a lot of arguments for stuff I don't agree with. If I can make an argument for it, that means there's validity to it. At least I can see some validity. So rank them as high as you want. Um, I don't think six is that bad. I don't think seven's bad. Eight, I'll probably just keep them right around 12 and see what happens the next three weeks because they're probably going to drop a game. Um, that's a brutal three weeks for a SOCON team. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be hard to get through that. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's Kyler nailed it on the head. When, it's talking about any voter. When you put out your top 25, because I was all 56 voters should put out their top 25, period. If you have a vote in the stats poll, you should put out your vote. And then from there, and I don't have to agree with it. Like Kyler said, he doesn't have to agree with it. But if you can justify and defend your, your ranking, why you have a team where you are, doesn't matter whether I agree with it. If you could do that, we're good. Yeah. Completely good. So somebody having Montana at 23, 24, 25, because just I bring up Montana over and over because they're the hot button team. Not a problem. It's the people that have a 10, 12, 14. That's bull. Yeah. And, you know, Sam said it perfectly last week. I, I don't want to go much further on that. But just to, if you could defend and honestly justify your ballot. Perfect. Here's here's another quick topic on WCU, though. I think we got to start having a Cole Gonzalez hype for the Walter Payton right now. I think he's thrown at damn near 80%. I get like the yards and touchdowns aren't there compared to what we're used to seeing, but the game, the game speed is it's, it's a little bit faster, but no one's been able to really slow down this guy when you're throwing, I, I don't know, probably someone could pull it up in front of him, but I think he's throwing damn near 80% um, on the season only has a few picks compared to what? 12, Total touchdown, 13 total touchdowns, something like that. 11 touchdowns, two picks, 73% completion. Oh, it's only 73? All right, never mind. Yeah. He's a bum. But um, the, I, thought yeah. it, I thought it was like 79, 8. My only counter to that, I think I think he's been awesome. My only counter to that is he he would theoretically do the splitting of votes because Desmond Reed, the running back, runs for 127 yards a game and has 10 touchdowns on the ground already. For sure. And, you know, I think he, you know, he's got – he doesn't have any much in the uh, receiving game, uh, 143. But Desmond Reed's kind of been the other guy too. So yeah. those two as a pair have been damn near unstoppable. And that is why Western Carolina is where they are. Good offense. So yeah, candidacy, candidacy for both of them for sure. And defense playing well too. Yeah. It's the same. Like I said a few weeks ago, if, if they have a defense, just like VMI, my first call that actually got right. If they have a defense, they're dangerous. Western Carolina has a little bit of defense. They're dangerous. They are, in fact, dangerous, and they've got everything clicking on all sides of the ball. It's really exciting to see. And uh, almost going in on the poll talk, uh, we're going to get to that later, too. These are some great previews of future questions within the pod. 
for this one, though, guys, we have to say from Mr. Tim Rask, with some of the preseason favorites losing early, who do you think will win each conference and earn the auto bid? So we'll have a little bit of fun with this question. If you're watching on YouTube, we are going to pull up the uh, conference standings uh, via Google, which is not updated to every single conference. So if I mess something up, please uh, jump all over me in the comments and call me stupid. Are these Here we go. Uh, let's just go through it. What's that, Kyler? Are these like quick hits? Every single yeah, just kinda, boom, yeah boom, boom. we'll answer this question for Tim right now. What our gut's telling us. Some of these will go pretty fast. And Kyler, you got the big sky pulled up here first. What's your gut tell you for a conference champion here or a shared title? I was going to say it's a shared and it's probably those top two teams. Idaho and Montana State. I'm going to give the sky. nod to Idaho, though, because they're a little more dynamic. Okay. Give Idaho that little bit of the nod. Uh, the Big South, Jamie, um, is is Google right here? Is this the no, nod remember, we're looking They're at? combined it's, with the OVC. That's right. So... So I, get, I would say at this point, SEMO, uh, the winner of the SEMO-Tennessee-Martin game wins that one, and I think at this point I would take SEMO, although UT Martin has looked a lot better. Uh, they're on the verge of ranking, too. Yeah, in terms of overall compared to conference record, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. The CAA, Jamie, you sold on Delaware. You think that they're going to be the ones who take that conference? This week I am. Uh, and they do have a fairly soft <laughs> schedule. They, they've got, a, got some of the, the – uh, puffier uh, teams and then they play Villanova at the end. So that might come down to meaning something should be interesting um, in terms of the mid Eastern athletic, the MEAC. Wow. NC central. Hey, great week for them. Big win for those guys. I don't know how you're not going to pick them to keep on going with the Eagles. So uh, I'm going to go with NC central out of the MEAC. Missouri Valley. Pff, easy as it comes. South Dakota state. They're going to win it. They're going to go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, the Northeast conference. Look at this little guy. Kyler, um, I don't think they play in flow sports. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody out there that any of us have paid an immense amount of attention to the Northeast. But just looking at this screen here, are you sold on anybody? Or is this a Jamie question? Last year I picked Duquesne and I lost my bet. So I'm rolling it back. Let's go, Duquesne. <laughs> hey, they're in second place right now. So That'd be good running too. back from three, four years ago. He's still du on my mind. Duquesne would be my pick too. And uh, how about this crapshoot that uh, Kyler kind of went off on with the Patriot League? Holy Cross. Uh, Holy Jamie, Cross is still going to win it. Is Holy Cross still winning yeah. that? Conference? Oh, yeah. They're still head and shoulders above every single team on that list. Okay. Very good. Very good. Pioneer League looking interesting right now. St. Thomas not eligible, so I won't even go down that path. Butler actually this good as 4-1? and one? They actually that good uh, in terms of the Pioneer League, Kyler, or no? No, if, if we're just going to go off that, I'm going to say Davidson since St. Thomas isn't eligible. is probably going to win the conference. Very cool. The Southern, the SoCon. Oh, boy. Woohoo, Jamie, if you had to make a prediction now with the next three weeks coming up, and this will just blow up in everybody's faces, uh, wh what would you go with? Who would you go with with the SoCon? Uh, I'm going to ride the same pony, Western Carolina. Ooh, all the way. Upsetting Furman that would involve. Yep. That would be a lot of fun. We did get a question. Uh, I forget. I apologize. I didn't write this one down specifically. We got a few too tight, um, but they asked, did, should the Southland even play football anymore? So, but we got We got to do the Southland anyways. <laughs> Those guys are saying no. Uh, who is going to win this? What is it? The conglomeration of crap, Jamie? Yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Well, that's the big South OVC this year, but it might as well go to the Southland because my gosh, is that conference terrible? I mean, but yeah. you know, it's, it's incarnate word and, yeah, they may only have one top 75 team, let alone a top 25. Yeah. It is a brutal output there. Uh, the Rattlers coming out of the SWAC. 
Rattlers, damn good team. I think we're going to see maybe a Celebration Bowl champion situation there. And then the UAC, Jamie, who are we looking at with the UAC? Still the Bears? I'm still going to go with the UCA Bearcats. Very nice. Cool. Yep. Siller Siler, congratulations. All right, guys, we roll out of that question, Tim. Hopefully you got a good idea of who we think right now is going to win those conference titles. And here you go, Jamie. You started down this trajectory, but guess what? Scott Bolwit gets our final question in the Big Seven. He says three top five teams losing to much weaker teams. That is crazy. Also, Sam Herter on his podcast was speaking in depth about poll voters not taking responsibility or the polls seriously. What does all this say about the credibility of the polls? So we kind of talked on this last one, Kyler, a few with the fans, but we didn't get any chance for this to go in depth. So Jamie, kind of going to give you the floor here, man, because you're involved in this world. This is your baby. Um, you work harder, I would, I'm going to say, than anybody else on these polls. And what does it tell you when you know some people are just simply slot voting? They just submit a poll and it is what it is. And then there's so many out there like you that put in the hard work. Your thoughts on the, uh, and what caused this really was the Montana ranking after their poor strength of schedule. So what do you think? Yeah, it and it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as hell. And as soon as the, the poll came out 1130 last Monday, I sent a tweet and said, stop slot voting. Everybody should put their ballot out there. And obviously Montana's the hot button. They shouldn't have been at freaking 18. But it started before that. When um, Western Carolina beats Sanford and you put Western Carolina at 24 and you still have Sanford at 20 because you thought Sanford was the eighth best team before, who cares what you thought before? Who cares what I thought before? Blow it up. Pay attention to what's happening this year. I don't care that NDSU won 10 freaking titles in a row. Well, they almost did. And I don't Darn care it. that William & Mary has lost two games in the last 10, 12 months. So what? Move them down. It doesn't matter. Just because they lost, just because William & Mary lost, and say, who else lost that's close to them? New Hampshire. New Hampshire still looked better. They can pass on William & Mary. William & Mary can fall further. The slot voting crap where you're just like, okay, this team won, so they go up, so they tick down, and then they go up, and they tick down. This team's one and four, but I'm soon to leave them at number 19 because I've had them at number six to start, and it would look really bad. You know what? We all look really bad. That's why we have a poll. We're all going to look really bad. The only thing we're going to get right is South Dakota State's going to be number one from week one to week 15. Who cares? It's really frustrating. Sam said it way better than I ever could because, you know, he's Sam and he's a professional. That means I can get pissed off and sound pissed off and not be a professional about it. But at least I am. At least I'm not cussing all over the place like I really want to. But it's, it's <laughs> so frustrating me. to see some of these damn ballots that you can tell they haven't paid attention. It is not just Montana. Montana's 4-1. and one. It's okay to rank them. But pay attention. Pay, pay attention. attention. It started with the Sanford Western Carolina. I think we're to the point in the season where head-to-head -head doesn't have to be the first thing you look at. But if you've got two teams that are close to each other, let's say you've got – so Eastern Washington, they lost this past week. You damn well better not put them behind UC Davis this week by a couple of slots. Now, if you've got UC Davis, you think UC Davis is the 14th best team and you think Eastern Washington is 23rd, I think I'm okay with that body of work. I don't agree with it, but if you think that 
God bless you. But if you have them at 15 and 17 and UC Davis is the higher team, just flip them. And that's just another, that's just one example that I could see coming up. Pay attention, voters. Pay attention. Otherwise, you're doing people disservice that, that have the integrity to place their votes out there. And I'm not just talking about myself. Sam, Zach McKinnell, who we all think is one of the best, if not the best at it. You know, even Joe and Sean, they put their ballot out every week. And their ballots are good. If Kevin doesn't vote in it, but he puts a ballot out every week. Kevin's is good. Why? Because Kevin pays attention. We give yeah. Kevin a lot of crap. Kevin gives us a lot of crap. But he pays attention. And his poll is just as good, if not better, than any others. Yeah. You can make and arguments. There's people, there's people that put out their ballots. God bless them. Thank you for, for posting your ballot. But it's trash. Montana's not a top 10 team. Sanford's not a top 15 team. They might have been at the beginning of the season, but they're not. I think I've gone on long enough. I'm going to have a sip of water, bring my blood pressure down. <clears throat> Wish I I'll take it from I'll take it from here. Uh, I just I'll just say this, Keller, then you can have it because <laughs> I won't have a lot to say on it. But I do know this. We're in so many group messages. Like we're in group messages with everybody who's on the podcast network, and then there are admins in our page, and then just texting as friends. And it seems every Saturday around seven o'clock until like the end of Sunday, people are asking questions and we're not media and we're not like on a TV show and I'm not discounting anybody who's in that arena. I'm just making a point. We're not official anything, but you should see how much the people that vote in whether it's the FCS poll guys or the stats official poll, or if it's just our poll that we put on our page, you should see how much conversation goes into it. And people are like, 30. I didn't catch this game. What do you think about that? Text, boom, reply, reply. My phone dings more through those 20 hours in a multitude of group messages than, than me and my wife have talked in years. And uh, our relationship is freaking great. I've just hit a 10-year anniversary, and I'm taking that girl all the way to the end. And I got to tell you, during football season, during poll time, these guys that actually care, they go crazy. And they ask for feedback before they even put it out. And they're willing to make adjustments because they want the knowledge. And I think I really hope everybody goes for that. And guys like Craig and others put in a lot of work to get these things out there and they deserve to have good voters doing good things. So just before Kyler gets his, like you just said, Matt, Sam Herter and I spent probably 20, 30 minutes last night. Same thing back and forth. What do you think about this? What is, how does this look? What do you think? How do we, what is, what do you think we need to do? Because you, it's not, we're not just one person, you know, it's good to get the opinions of other people. It makes you a better voter. And by the way, Craig's poll was trash today too. Go ahead, Carl. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a couple of issues with really how the polls have been working, and I'm going to trash on a few people. I won't say names, but um, again, I don't have to agree with your poll for it to be a legit poll. That's not what I'm saying with any of this. If you have a reason why you ranked a team there, rank them there. Just make it a valid reason, even if I don't see eye to eye to it. As long as I can understand where you're coming from, I get it. The number one thing I hate is, while well, I thought it, I put them there because I thought they were there in the beginning of the year. That's not a that's not a reason. I'm sorry because you put them in your preseason top eight and they haven't played anyone. They haven't looked good. Does not mean that they are your top ten team still. No, that makes no sense. There's a difference in my opinion between the polls and also a power ranking. I really do believe that. I think the polls is something you earn. It is a resume of what happens on the field. And a power ranking is like, well, 
what happens with NDSU versus South Dakota. I don't think a lot of us would bet on South Dakota to beat NDSU again if they matched up well. But as of right now, South Dakota, in my opinion, they have earned it over North Dakota State right now. Now, as the season goes on, I get it. That's where your head-to-head doesn't have to matter as much because it's a full resume. It's what you earned that can push you over someone else. But when it's five weeks into the season, guess what? When the resumes are similar and someone did beat you, I don't care if you think that team will lose to them 99 out of 100 times. What happened this football season is they beat you. All you can go off is what actually happened in the game. There's a difference. The polls, you got to give you know teams credit. And again, that is a bullshit excuse on, I just kept them up that high because I put them there in the preseason. But you can't give a reason why they're that high. Then here's another thing. I think there is a handful of voters. How many are there? 53? I think it's 56 now. Whatever. I think there's a handful or two handfuls of voters that cannot name every single conference. Figure it out. There are some people who do not watch the FCS who are voting in the FCS. They're covering their local team. They don't know shit about that local team either outside of here's what happened in the game. They don't know the teams in their conference. They don't know anyone else from the opposing conference. If you, like Matt said, our chats are pretty long. People will pay attention everywhere. If you do not know every single conference, every single team, and you're just voting off of name, or this is what everyone else is doing without doing the research that a Jamie, that a Sam, that Zach, that the Hack City guys do, right? That's doing a disservice to this bowl vote or this poll. Craig Haley does put in a lot of work to this. And every time someone doesn't put in the effort, it makes his poll look bad. It makes his whole thing look bad. And it's unfortunately, it's not his fault. This is just where we are with the FCS. And I don't think a lot of people care, unfortunately. Um, and it shows. Again, there was one time a few years ago, I called out someone after Jacksonville State lost a game versus a not good FCS team. And that person put them up eight spots because they didn't even know who Jacksonville State played. This is the poll. This is who votes. That's my two cents. We need a boot about half of them who cannot even name every single conference because I am 99% sure that is going to be the case with at least a handful of voters. Uh, two cents was pretty good. I would say uh, that's the kind of thing you take to the bank. Or you pull it out because you're really hungry from a beautiful, beautiful rant about the polls. You buy yourself some tacos. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. And if you're right, put some tacos in there too. This is Thompson's Taco Bets. Ah, thank you. Beautiful narration there on that little transition. All right, gentlemen. Thompson's Taco Bet this week brought to us by Mr. Nicholas Deal. Um, Zach Wilson Jr. Uh, did have a question here, which also sets up Nicholas's question, which sets up the taco bet. Zach Wilson Sr. says, do you see Eastern Washington, NAU, or Portland State making the playoffs? We don't need to answer that specifically, Zach, because Nicholas says, with Holy Cross and William & Mary losing over or under, how many playoff seeds go to the Missouri Valley and Big Sky he said, let's set it at five and a half. Now, Nicholas, love you to death, my man. But I think five and a half was a little too low. I think we most of us would confidently say three in each conference would go. So I bumped it up a little bit. I went all the way to seven and a half, meaning each conference is going to have to get four or one's getting five and one's getting three. Obviously, you guys know how math works. I'm not going to sit here and do numbers. Sorry, I got a first grader and we're doing a lot of basic math. Okay. So, Kyler, what do you think? You got Big Sky Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, those two conferences combined, are we going to get over or under seven and a half teams in the playoffs? Man, 
I think this is actually an easy one. It's going to be over. Even if one conference only gets three, I think that would just make the other conference get five. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be eight minimum or probably eight right on the dot this year. So, uh, yeah, I actually don't think this one's that hard to win some tacos. Interesting. I actually really disagree with you. I, I think the CAA, I like the stuff about the eight wins. I think you could see three there. So I'm going to give four to one conference, and I think that will be the Missouri Valley. And I think three are going to go to the big sky. And I think that is going to get you right at seven, half a point under. Jamie, who do you agree with here to eat or buy tacos? Well, if you're talking about playoff teams, I would I would confidently take the over there. I would take the over. Um, I think we're looking at least four each way. I thought this, I thought the question was 5.5 for seeds, and I was going to take the under for that. Uh, because I was going to say Incarnate Word, Delaware, and the SoCon team. Oh, Nicholas, he did write seeds. So, you said seeds, too. I, mean, just, excuse me. I even said it. Yeah, he even said wow. it. Wow. Okay, this is the type of bet where I just buy all the tacos because I couldn't even read my own words. Yeah, right and now. I'm not saying we're doing eight seeds. Missouri Valley Big Sky. <laughs> Five and a half. Why well, I clarified. Dang. Nicholas, I apologize for butchering this. Um, I actually had a really good weekend despite the buys and loss, but this is a big miss, and I'm not editing that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jamie. So you confidently say eight and a half te- or eight teams, at least from those conferences. Yes. yes, Nicholas. So to not answer your question at all, Nicholas, let's just, I answered it. Let's just do the seeds because I'll go under on seeds. I'll definitely go under five and a half. Yeah, I'll go yeah. under seeds over yep. on teams. Yeah. Yeah, I would also take the under five and a half, but uh, I will take the under as well for the playoff teams because I am never agreeing with you guys completely on a taco tacos. Ever, ever, ever. Well, they'll taste good no matter what. All right, guys, uh, that one took a little longer than expected, so let's make the next segment pretty quick. Just because your question is answered quickly doesn't mean we don't care. These are the quick hit questions of the week. Okay, I fully expect to take a little bit of uh, crap here. We're going to start. This was tweeted at us from Mr. Jim Poppins. Jim, I hope you are amazing. Uh, I cannot wait to see you down in Frisco, my good friend. That being said, Jim Poppins says, What is the admin's favorite luncheon meat? L-U-N-C-H-E-O-N is how he put it. I'm guessing that's cold cuts. I didn't Google this on purpose. I'm guessing that's like a cold cut meat, you know, yeah. if you buy in the store. Yeah. Okay. I'm turkey. I just like turkey. Big fan of the turkey. Kyler, what do you got? Salami. Salami. Ooh, we are way off on that. Yeah. I would never have salami. Interesting. Hmm. Jamie, Mr. Ron Swanson, everything combined. (laughs) He's going to say tuna fish. He's going to say God, no. (laughs) No. Um, It depends. I like, if I have a lot of mayo, I like turkey with some, some pepper and some mayo. Ham with some cheese and some mustard. If I go into like a, a Jersey Mike's, I get the um, just the big Italian one that is pepperoni, salami, and yep. prosciutto. That's so delicious. So it depends on what I'm in the mood for. I I, I love a good uh, deli sandwich. So pretty much all of it. I don't really care for much for roast beef or uh, tuna fish or stuff like that. But overall, yeah, I, I like a good sandwich. Can't mm. go wrong. Good Sammy. Nothing better. Grady Blewett says, will the Bison's path to Frisco run through Bozeman? Great question. Well, it's predicated off a lot of things. Will the Bison even be a seed? If they are seeded, where are they going to be seated at? 
I don't think it's going to shock anybody if Montana State loses another game and NDSU is also 9-2. and two. And then we see what happened last year where is NDSU, do they get bumped up above Montana State? You never know. My gut right now tells me that NDSU, of course, is going to lose to South Dakota State. And if they show up like that throughout the rest of the Valley, they'll drop another one. And then, yes, they'll probably end up going to Bozeman or something else. Heck, if they're not a seed, they could end up in Brookings in the second round, which we saw SDSU do up in Fargo a bunch of times over the last decade. So I think uh, with that loss, the odds of NDSU having to travel just went astronomically way up there. So uh, Asa Llewellyn asks us, after watching UND in the non-conference and watching them get washed by SDSU yesterday, how many Missouri Valley wins do you think they'll get this season? Sorry to just steal these quick hits from you guys. Seven. I think UND will get seven wins. I think they'll be exactly that team who goes and uh, is right on the cusp of the playoffs. I guess if you want to give them eight, give them eight. But I think UND is going to pull seven wins off this season, and they'll be that one where you're like, should they be in? Should they not? I think they'll lose to South Dakota, or they lost South Dakota State. I think North Dakota State's still going to beat them. Uh, so I'll give them seven wins there. Jamie, you got a different prediction? I saw the face reaction. I'll give you a moment there. Um, I can say they'll get the seven total wins. I was thinking four Missouri Valley wins, though. So. Oh, gotcha, for Missouri Valley total. Yeah. I just think that North Dakota State's still going to get them up there. They have to travel to UNI. Well, now they have to go to South Dakota. Uh, but I think Murray, Illinois State, Indiana State will be wins for them. So I can see them reaching about that seven mark. So uh, how many UAC teams is there to be ranked slash receive votes, says Dustin Helton. What do you think, Jamie? Where are the UAC teams this week? Uh, how many deserve or should, uh, right now three, I can see getting votes, central Arkansas, Austin P and East Kentucky. I won't have all of them in my top 45. I don't believe, but I, I can see all three of those with, you know, the SFA Tarleton as maybe getting some votes down the road. UAC, Abilene Christian maybe getting some votes down the road. That's about, that's about it. I'd, I'd say three. Three for the UAC. Uh, Kyler Neal, Jeremiah Rash, undefeated Jeremiah. Keep it rolling, buddy. SIU. Got your bobblehead in the background right here. Uh, this one's just for fun. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Which fan base uses the term rent-free the most? Oh, man. Oh, this one's super easy. It's 100% Montana, and they're saying it to Montana State fans. I've seen it in every single thread they do. You guys were still living rent free in your heads uh, because we've, you know, we have the series record, all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one's pretty simple. The Grizz, the Bison fans are really bad with South Dakota State too. Oh yeah. When SDSU wins the Rock, it's like, yeah, you're, yeah, rent free. You're always thinking about us. When they do horns down randomly, <laughs> and it's not NDSU week, they're like, yep, rent free, rent free. Yeah, I just think there's more Montana, Montana State fans as a group on True. our page than the two S, you know. Uh, how are you guys feeling about Sac State after the performance against NAU? And Asa has that question. Uh, Ms. Asa Llewellyn. Tyler, what do you got? So, I just think this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. This, I think this is just going to be what we see from Sac State quite a bit this season. They're, they're a good team. They're not elite. Um, they lost some players. They lost some coaches. Their defense is not great. They still got some talent on the offensive side of the ball. So you're just going to get into these grind them out, shoot them out type of scenarios where Sac State's probably the better team compared to most of the teams that are going to be on their schedule. And they're probably going to just going to grind out a win. Uh, but 
yeah, nothing changes my mind about what I saw from Sac State against Idaho and Sac State from NAU. They played it about the exact same way. Very good. Dylan Kramer wants to know, is Matt Entz going to get fired? And Brad Berthold, a good friend of mine, is this the week uh, Is this week on the Bison players or the coaches? Um, I'd have to say, you know, it was a total team meltdown and every area was bad. But I'm going to put it more on the coaches. Like, you're coming off the bye week. you got to get that team up. you got to get these college kids ready to play. you got to get them ready to go. Um, I don't think Matt Entz is getting fired, and I don't think that he's some sort of downfall for NDSU. Remember, he has two national titles. Him getting to us back to a title win in 2021 after what happened in spring COVID. Like, remember how bad we were and how bad it was? And then we went and won the national title the next year. That's pretty impressive. Getting to Frisco last year with all the portals and injuries, pretty damn impressive. I will not defend Tyler Roll. I think he's over his head as an offensive coordinator. Um, yesterday, watching us take a timeout on third and three on a crucial third and goal, third and three, take a timeout to come back out to hand off the ball to the backup QB on an ACAB power run is just total creativity. It's just beautiful to watch. Uh, he got bailed out in 2019 by Trey Lance's legs. And the fact that we just ran the ball straight in 2021 and it happened to work out uh, made it seem like he could maybe come up with an offense, but he can't. Can't develop a passing game. When things actually change off the script, can't call a good game. So hopefully he'll be gone, but we don't know if that'll happen or not. So NDSU uh, fans, they go to three titles in three years and one coordinator. firing everyone. I'm just saying one coordinator. I'm not saying fire ends. I'm not saying bail and everything. I'm saying I don't lucky, like lucky bastards. One coordinator. Lee Tornbog says, what game day rituals do you guys have if you do have any superstition things you avoid? Um, mine is that I don't have any. I guess I don't really wear or do anything. So, Jamie, any superstitious things? When I'm not going to the game, I at least have a Jamie shirt on. When I do go to the game, I have a Jamie shirt, Jamie socks, and I got purple and yellow shoes and a hat. And then as far as superstitions, when I play sports, when I play hockey, before the first puck drop of every game, I skate back to the goalie, tap the ice, tap his pads, go take the first face off. Oh, you actually, you actually got things. Kyler, you got anything like that, man? A drink. <laughs> A got drink. Nothing. I'm with you, Matt. There's no. Just got to sit there and let it all play out, right? Yeah. Put on clothes. <laughs> Uh, Dustin Helton, the Rev guys, takes us out of quick questions. Where is some place in the world that you want to travel to? Ooh, this is good. You got a travel destination that you're looking at there, Kyler? Uh, my wife and I were, were trying to plan a trip to Croatia uh, right now because, you know, it's like if you like everything about Greece, it's Greece, but a little more cost effective. So, uh, wow. yeah, that's kind of what we're planning. That'd be awesome. You can say hi to my buddy Carl Nadoff from the Marine Corps I served with. He moved to Croatia. I'll he's, hit him up. He's I'll just there yell now. Carl. Carl. He'll be like, what's up? He looks like one of the Avatar guys. Um, for me, uh, I've traveled a lot through the military and I've done a lot uh, with my wife. We've gone to a lot of places, but one of the last places left on our bucket list, big snowboarders, uh, Swiss Alps. Would love to go to the Swiss Alps in the winter and ski and snowboard on those suckers. I think that would be pretty sweet. Jamie, Maybe a little bit better than North Dakota. Mountains. Yeah, I'd like to go down to Texas sometime too. I well, that would be a cool state to visit. Maybe in January. Yeah. Jamie, you have any places you want to go? Uh, U.S. wise, Alaska. Uh, oh. Internationally, uh, Australia. Oh, nice. down under. Yep. Well, where the koalas live. 
All right, guys. Well, you can join us on a trip down to Frisco, Texas. Uh, we will definitely be there uh, come January time frame. All right, guys. Well, we're not going to move on to the game of the week. We're moving on to a brand new segment on the podcast. We hope you enjoy. There is no way these guys can predict football games better than me. I am the mighty versus sports simulator. All right, gentlemen, that's right. We are sponsored by the Versus Sports Simulator, and we are actually going to be, I, I would say it's like challenging, uh, the artificial intelligence and wise AI that is the Versus Sports Simulator. We're going to be doing three games a week, and we're going to look at the Versus Sports Simulator, who they're predicting to win, their scores, and we're going to see if we can do better than the simulator. We'll also give you the results of what Versus actually nailed because you should definitely download the versus sports simulator app and use promo code fcs fans nation to receive 20 percent off of your subscription so our first game here guys for taking on the versus sports simulator is going to be western carolina four and one taking on four and one chattanooga all right so kyler what are we looking at for a score prediction here and what is versus telling us uh, with these two opponents Man, so obviously they're they're thinking Western Carolina is the favorite by seven points, right? Whenever you see that minus sign, guys, if you're not familiar with betting, that means that team is the favorite. So they think, you know, Western Carolina is going to score about 37 to 30. So it's going to be a seven-point game. The over-under is going to be 67 points, basically, or 66.5. I like, actually, this. Um, Chattanooga has been playing well after that loss to North Alabama, but Western Carolina just looks so good on both sides of the ball. This is a tough game. I think I'm going to go Western Carolina, 34, Chattanooga, 25. Oh, a little bit over. I'm going to go under the total spread, but Western Carolina covers. Okay, very cool. And all of this, of course, guys, is based off the versus sports simulator. We're not quoting Vegas or anything crazy like that. Jamie Williams, the next game we got here, SEMO against Central Arkansas. And according to the Versus Sports Simulator rankings, this is number 40 at number 42. And it looks like they have a three-point advantage going to SEMO in this game. What do you got, my man? I, mean, I think SEMO has played well. They've just met with a lot of bad luck. But I just I like the Central Arkansas team. I will take the points and take Central Arkansas to win this game. All righty, going with the Bears. Last one here, Butler at St. Thomas. Guys, we were looking through these games, and we always want to go with ones that we think are interesting or unique. And uh, this is top three teams within their conference. So we're going to go number 45 ranking according to versus at St. Thomas in Minnesota. And they really like um, St. Thomas here, if I'm reading this correctly, by seven points. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Tommies to win this game as well. I know we talked about Butler actually winning the conference or being up there right now. I'm going to go with the Tommies. They're at home. This is a great football program, uh, but I'm not going to take them to cover. I'm going to give the Tommies a win by four points. We'll go with 28 to 24. St. Thomas takes the victory in this one. So guys, make sure you download the Versus Sports Simulator and, and rock some walk-on apparel uh, the next time that you need to get your sports betting on. So Gentlemen, this does bring us to the end of the FCS Fans Nation podcast, episode eight of season seven. If you are a loyal listener of us, uh, make sure that you are joined on our Facebook and Twitter pages by searching FCS Fans Nation. Make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube and on Apple or Spotify. Feel free to leave us a review, drop some stars if you enjoy the podcast. We always appreciate Walk on Apparel. 
and the Versus Sports Simulator for sponsoring our show. Jamie, you, you've got the paperclip. you got the cats right there. Send us out with some final thoughts about the chaos, and do we have more to come down the line, my man? I sure hope there's more to come because that was a lot of fun to watch all the, the teams squirm and the, the popular fan bases frustrate and just – Let's shake it up. We don't. We know. We know what to expect from the FCS for the last fifteen years. Let's get. Let's get some more chaos. Let's get some more upsets. Let's. Let's have fun with it. Enjoy it. I sure did. Can't wait for more of it. Let's go. Going to be a lot of fun. Let's hope things continue to burn as the FCS moves on week by week. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you on next week. Boom. Thank you for listening to the FCS Fan Nation podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or even YouTube. And make sure to follow our FCS Fans Nation social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the premier podcast for FCS football. Both. Well, this wet noodle is ready to go. So, don't, don't ruin my opening statement. Ha, ha, ha.